You're listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 19. I want you to turn there with me. Acts chapter 19. We're going to go right into verse number one. And um, I want you to hear this. If you're taking notes tonight, the Lord laid this on my spirit. The three laws that govern supernatural faith. The three laws that govern supernatural faith. And I'm talking about the kind of faith that produces miracles, signs, wonders, breakthroughs. You know, it's, it's one thing to have natural faith. That's human faith. You know, every, per, every person on the earth has faith. You had faith to sit down in that chair that it would hold you when you sat down. That it wasn't going to fold on you like a house of cards and that you'd land on the floor. That's natural faith. You had faith they were constructed well enough to hold your weight. When I was with my uncle as an associate pastor, I was also the music director. And we had this B3 Hammond organ on the stage that I would play in the services and I'd play behind him when he preached and stuff. And I love the B3 organ, the 122 Leslie, an A122 Leslie. Nothing sounds like it. That's why every person through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 1000s, 2010s, and 2020s have all used them in their music. You can't get any other sound like the B3 Hammond organ. And so I'm playing, I love that old school organ. And so I was sitting in a normal chair, like in the back of the platform, and uh, he got really preaching. I mean, he was preaching. And I said, oh, man, I got to get behind him while he's preaching. I got to jump on that organ. So I got out of my seat, and I ran over and slid onto the organ bench to start playing, and the whole thing from the 1960s just collapsed under me. I slammed, I slammed the, 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 the floor of the platform. My head shot back and I smashed it off of a, a monitor wedge and I had these like polka dot socks. My legs were straight up in the air. There was, there was a knee wall about this high on the platform so all you could see was just two legs sticking up in the air. It looked like the Wicked Witch of the West had just had the house crushed on her. And so he's like pointing at the crowd and preaching, and everybody's just laughing, like, like laughing. He thought the joy had hit the service. He's looking, and they're all looking at the stage. He turns around, look, and there's just two legs in the air under the Hammond organ. He just shook his head. <laughs> See, I had a misplaced faith. <laughs> I said, this wooden bench from the 1960s is going to hold this chubby boy. I'm going to tell you something. It did not. You can have general faith. That's one thing. It's one thing to flip that switch on the wall and expect those lights to come on. You expect them. You don't even, I don't know how all that electricity works. I don't know how this thing functions. I don't know. I just expect it. When I flip the switch, that thing better come on. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong or disconnected. And, you know, you have faith in all kinds of natural things. That's natural faith. But we're talking about supernatural faith. And there are laws that govern supernatural faith. And there, the sad part is this. The Bible says that in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Absolutely impossible. 
For those that come to God must believe that he exists and that he's, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? And so the sad part is there are Christians who are literally, they had faith to be saved, but as they had faith to be saved beyond that, they never developed their faith to walk by faith and not by sight. They never developed their faith to speak what the Bible says versus what the world is saying. So there are, we know this by scripture, there are different levels of faith in the kingdom of God. Not just because you're a Christian doesn't mean everybody's at the same level of faith. There are people at different levels of faith. You know, the disciples had to go through that. There were several times Jesus had to rebuke them. He'd say, hey, where's your faith? Couldn't find their faith. Oh, ye of little faith. They had a little bit, right? And so uh, there was another point, though, was pretty rough for the disciples. How is it that you have no faith? <laughs> that's, that's a rough place to be. So there's people at a low level, right? But then what about like the Roman centurion when he came to Jesus? And he said, hey, my servant's at home, sick with palsy. Jesus said, listen, I'd be happy to come and heal him. He said, you don't have to come to my house. I'm not even worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only. Hallelujah. Somebody say, speak the word only. He said, speak the word only and my servant shall be made whole. Do you know what Jesus said? He marveled. He was blown away. He said, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Let me, let me break that phrase down because people don't understand the depth of what he just said. He said, I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. What he's saying is there's not one Jewish person that I've come to that are supposed to be my people that are supposed to believe in me. He said, this guy's not even Jewish. He's an Italian man who believes. He believes that I'm the Messiah. He believes I don't even have to lay hands on his servant. He believes I can just speak a word out of my mouth and his servant will be healed miles away. I got people in my own company that don't even believe that I can heal him if I lay hands on him. I've not seen faith like this. He said the great faith of the centurion. You know why? That's the greatest level of faith is receiving just through the spoken word. Nobody had to lay hands on you. Nobody had to pour oil on you. Nobody had to hit you with a prayer cloth. Nobody had to do it. No, just receiving by the spoken word. That's the highest level of faith that you can operate in. It's the highest level of faith that you can release. Just speak the word only. Do you know how the universe, when, listen, when there was no resistance, when there was no Satan, when there were no demon spirits resisting, when there was nothing else in the world, do you know how God, through Christ, created everything we see? Through his word. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, through his word. He didn't have to grab some, some ethereal Play-Doh from the universe and, and form a sun and throw it out into the sky. No, he said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. In fact, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. In fact, everything God created was created through his word. Everything came out of his mouth. In fact, if you read John chapter 1, the Bible says that speaking of the word of God, it says that everything was created by or through him. 
And without him was not one thing created that was created. So everything you see is literally out of the mouth of God. However, there was one thing he created that he didn't just speak into being. No, he formed it with his hands. It was a custom-made creation. Hallelujah. It was a custom-made creation. He grabbed the dust of the earth and began to form it and form it and form it until there lay on the ground a sandcastle man, the very first man, but he was not alive. But God wasn't done yet. He reached his mouth down and blew the breath of life into that being. And Adam became a living being. Hallelujah. Everything else came through a word, but you came from his hands. Hallelujah. Everything else came from a word, but you came from his hands. You're a custom-made blessing. I said you are a custom-made blessing. If you believe it, shout amen. And so you start to understand the highest level of faith being released is through the word. Speak the word only. It's how God creates. It's how God creates. Did you realize even when Jesus couldn't do anything else miraculous in his own hometown, Nazareth, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6, he could still lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. They couldn't receive his mighty miracles. They couldn't receive all the things he wanted to do. But he could bypass their unbelief by laying his hands on those who needed miracles. Isn't it exciting to know that even if everybody in your family doesn't believe God, even if everybody on your job doesn't believe God, God knows how with laser accuracy to pinpoint every person who does believe him and give you a miracle right in the middle of unbelief, right in the middle of others who won't receive it, can't get it, but he finds you. You're like a candle burning in the dark of night. God can easily locate you. And though there might be unbelief all around you, it will not govern your miracle in Jesus' mighty name. For God's got a blessing for his faith-filled people. So there are laws that govern supernatural faith. No question about it. And the first thing I want you to see is found in Acts 19. Starting in verse 1, the Bible says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Ghost? When you believed, and they said, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he said, well, then into what were you baptized? They said, John's baptism. He said, no, no, John's baptism was just the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. Upon hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And there were about 12 men in all. So I want you to catch this. These 12 men, it's not that they didn't want to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not that they didn't want to receive the Holy Ghost. They'd never heard of it. 
in their whole life. You can't believe in something you've never heard of. That's the whole point. That's why Paul wrote what he did to the Romans in Romans chapter 10. How can they believe on whom they've not heard? That's why it's important that a preacher is sent. Because you can't believe in something you never heard of. That's why preaching the full gospel is so important. Let me ask you this. Because I realize we got many different types of people in the room tonight. Some of you have been in church for many years, decades. You grew up in church maybe. Maybe denominational church. But many of you, you came in, you weren't saved, you didn't come from a Christian family, you didn't come, you didn't get raised up in church, you got a testimony that God turned your life around. But let me ask you a question. How many can remember the first time you ever heard the message that Jesus was willing to forgive you of your sins and forget about all the stuff you'd done? You remember that? Wasn't that mind-blowing to find that out? Now hold up, you're trying to tell me that I lived for 30 years, 40 years, and I did all that stuff that I wasn't supposed to do, and that I don't have to go for another 40 years and make amends for all the stuff that I did wrong. I don't have to sit and do penance. for God doesn't keep me in the penalty box for 20 years trying to light candles and do penance till all my bad deeds are gone. No, he just forgives you when you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, and he forgets every sin you ever committed. He removes your iniquities from you as far as the east is from the west and casts them into a sea of forgetfulness to be remembered no more. Hallelujah. You remember when you heard that for the first time? It, was, it made you want to shout. Say, are you serious? I always joke with my nephew because we'll laugh. My, my nephew and I will laugh because something will be said in common conversation and we'll turn it into a preaching point. It's like, man, you could preach that right there. That'll preach. We were going to visit one of our friends at a meeting who was staying in an Airbnb. And we went, we should do an Instagram channel of just these, these things. But we went to this, this person was staying in Airbnb. We drove into this neighborhood. It took like 10 minutes to wind through the different parts of the neighborhood to get to where that Airbnb was. Finally, we pulled in. And then we were getting ready to leave, and I thought, man, we're going to have to go another 10 minutes to get through this neighborhood and get out of here. But then we looked on the GPS. Instead of turning right out of the driveway, which was the way we came in, it told us to turn left. And when we turned left, we went and turned one, made one turn. We're back out on the main road. And I turned to, I turned to Alex, and I was like, isn't that awesome? That it took 10 minutes to get into this neighborhood, but it was only one turn to get out. And there's a lot of people that think, man, I was in problems for 20 years. It's going to take God 20 years to get me out of the problem. But what they didn't realize is there's a quicker way out than the way you came in. You might have spent 20 years getting into the problem, but God will take 20 minutes by the power of his spirit and redeem you from every issue and deliver you from every problem. If you're happy about it, shout amen. Remember, you heard that for the first time. It's mind-blowing. How many remember the first time you ever heard Jesus is a healer and he's still healing today? You remember that? It's like, really? You can pray for people and they'll get healed? You believe? That still happens? That still happens. God's still a miracle worker. God still does signs and wonders and miracles. How many are amazed first time you ever heard it taught or preached that we've got dominion over the devil and dominion over demon spirits and that we don't have to be afraid of them. We cast them out by the power of the Holy Ghost and they have to flee from us. Oh, that'll blow your mind. 
How many remember the first time the Lord began to speak to you that you had, or maybe you heard your pastor preach or another preacher preach, that God doesn't just want you to be saved, doesn't just want you to be healed, filled with the Holy Ghost, but he wants you to be blessed financially. How many remember the first time you ever heard that? You're like, man, I ain't never heard that in church in my whole life. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I didn't know that was in the scriptures, that God wants to bless me financially. And then what happens? You hear it, and all of a sudden, something unlocks in your spirit and a new level of truth from God's word that you never knew before comes alive in your spirit and gives you faith to receive something you didn't even know was there. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you or make you free. Everybody say free. free. You can only fly as high as the level of truth you have from God's word. Do you know there's Christians today? That's why the book of Proverbs says this. I believe if I'm correct, I may not be correct, but I believe I am. Go to Proverbs 21.16 on the monitor. Proverbs 21.16. And this will give you a, an interesting viewpoint. One who wanders away or from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly of the dead. One who wanders away from the way of good sense, will rest in the assembly of the dead. Do you know why in the Old Testament God said his people were destroyed? Why was it? Why was it? A lack of knowledge. Did you, didn't you find it interesting that God didn't say, my people are destroyed because the devil's attacking? He didn't say that. He didn't say, my people are destroyed because there's a legion of demons swarming after them everywhere they go. No, never mention the devil, never mention demons, never mention wicked spirits or the anti-God or anti-Christ. You know what he said? My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Because if people don't have a knowledge of God's word, you can't have faith to receive what you don't know anything about. So the first law that governs supernatural faith is the thing you hear. You've got to be able to hear something that carries the spirit of faith that fills you to the place where it drives doubt and unbelief out of your mind and out of your spirit. You can't be the person that's wishy-washy, that goes back and forth. Well, I believe, but I don't know. You know, we live in a world that's very, you know, things are happening, and that's the way things are, and that's how, you know what life does, brother, and life will hit you with something, and that's, who is life? I've never met life. People will come up to you and tell you in church, well, brother, you know how life is. Who's life? As if life has this ability to just smack you around and you've got no ability to do anything about it because apparently there's this strong man called life that has authority and dominion over you. No. Life is what you make it by your obedience to God's word, by your faith in his character. I'm not just taking life as it comes. I am going to stand on the truth of God's word and declare, devil, you don't have the authority to touch my family. You don't have the authority to harass my children. You don't have the authority to touch this body. I've got a word from the Lord that says everything's going to be all right. Shout aloud, amen. And so you got to hear something that carries a strong spirit of faith. So I don't listen to every preacher. There's a lot of them I turn off. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I got no desire 
So listen, any preacher, you think I'm turning, going, turning back on? You think we forgot that you shut your church down and masked everybody up and demanded they got double vaxxed and brought in a vaccine passport to sit in your sanctuary? You think we forgot that stuff? We didn't forget it. We know who you are, so don't come out on the other side like you're Superman, like you've been believing God the whole time. The same people that were telling everybody, now you don't need to come to a building. The church is the people, and wherever the people are at home, we're still the church. And then they all had to go and do series at their church about how everybody needs to come back to church. It's homecoming week. We want you to come back in the house. You know you had to preach that? Because you told everybody it was okay to stay home. And instead of preaching faith, and instead of standing on the word of God, you just let everybody go back to their doubt and unbelief. But I'm going to tell you something. I refuse to shut my mouth. I refuse to shut my my doors. I will not bow my knee to the spirit of this world. I got a spirit of faith. I said I got a spirit of faith. Amen. I said amen. Be a cold day in hell with the devil sucking ice popsicles before I'll shut my doors. It's truth. It's absolute truth. People come in. I want to tell the people at the hotel that I'm staying at this week, COVID is over. People still double masked up behind the counter. It's over. <laughs> I'm just going to lean in and go, it is finished. <laughs> I'm gonna go, you know what I'm going to do when I get back? I'm going to just go in for a high five. To the person at the desk, before I do, I'm going to go, it's over, baby. You got to get something <laughs> that carries a spirit of faith. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I, I love messing with people, too. I was in a, a hotel in Dallas, right in the middle of the pandemic. I was preaching in Dallas, and I walked in. It was a cheerleaders convention. And there was like 40 cheerleaders in front of me waiting for the elevator and all their moms. And I pretended like I was on a phone call because they didn't see me coming. And I got right up on them from behind. And I was like, yeah, anyway, so my doctor just called. Apparently, I'm super contagious. I've got COVID. <laughs> it's all over me. I don't understand. They flipped around so fat. <laughs> Just to see where people are at. <laughs> you you got to receive something with the spirit of faith. I said with the spirit of faith. Something that will turn you from who you used to be into who God called you to be. And you start to say, I refuse. I will not take life as it comes. I don't care what I hear on the news. I don't care what's on my Twitter feed, which is now my X feed because they changed the name of the company. I don't care. I don't care what I'm seeing on social media. I don't care what I hear at work. I don't care what I see on the news. It is not going to govern the word that comes out of my mouth. I am filled with a spirit of faith. I'm filled with a spirit of joy. I'm filled with a spirit of peace. And I will not do what everybody else is doing because I'm full. It's about what's in you. It's about what's in you. It doesn't matter what the outside of the packaging says. You can go buy Crest toothpaste. I did this one time when I was a, a little ornery kid. Now I'm an older, ornery guy. 
But when I was young, my, my dad would put his tent up, and this is before I was old enough to be on the tent crew or be in the band or sing or preach or anything. I just messed with people. And so it was a hot, hot summer. We were having these tent meetings all over America. And I'm talking 105, 107. Then you come under the tent, it's like 111. You know, it's hot, plus the TV lights, everything. And so they'd been working outside all day. And I thought, I'm going to get these guys. So I went to the front desk, got a key to their room. And I came and unlocked it. And I came and snuck in. And I, I set, because you know, you know the best thing. When you've been working in the heat all day, you're ready for the AC when you come back. I cranked their rooms up to like 98 degrees. 98 degrees. I was a punk. I was a, I came in. I took their toothpaste. And I filled it and said, got all the toothpaste out and filled it with shaving cream. <laughs> Had it all ready for them to go. So that when they come back, then I took every last pair of underwear they had in their suitcases, <laughs> soaked it in water, and threw them all in the freezer. <laughs> I know it's a hot room, fellas, but you got some ice cold underwear. <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> I did it in love. And so when... The, when it came back, you know, it doesn't matter that the bottle, the tube says crest on it. It doesn't matter what the, what the bottle says. It has nothing to do with that. What's inside it? See, because I'd already emptied out all the crest. It's filled with shaving cream now. So it doesn't matter. You can get all mad all you want and squirt it on your toothpaste and say, I don't know why it tastes like this. It shouldn't be coming out like this because the packaging doesn't mean anything. It's what did you fill the packaging with? And there's tubes walking around all the earth that says Christian on it, Christian, Christian, but they're not filled up with the spirit of faith. They're filled up with the spirit of this world. So you know what happens? When you start getting squeezed like a tube of toothpaste and you're supposed to be coming out the spirit of faith out of your mouth and out of your mind, it's the thing that you listen to on the news and it's the thing that people heard at their job it's the thing they saw on scrolling on social media and I'm going to tell you something it doesn't matter what the tube says what's in the tube I said what's in the tube I'm filling this tube with the spirit of faith come on and squeeze me if you want to devil you're about to find out what's on the inside of this boy it's the spirit of faith it's a spirit of joy it's a spirit of peace Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Squeeze. Let, let this life squeeze you and see what happens. Try it. See what happens. I'm fully loaded. I said I'm fully loaded to the brim. Devil don't want to tangle. He don't want to meet me in an alleyway. He don't want to meet me at the house. Amen. All he's going to hear is. I'm so fully loaded with a spirit of faith. I'm so fully loaded. That's, how, that's what we're called to be. Fully loaded with the spirit of faith, spirit of joy, spirit of peace. I don't care. I was, I was laughing. You probably heard me talk about this. I, it was like, what, two winters ago, falls ago. And I was scrolling, and I saw this thing come up, a report on social media. It was a White House report. <laughs> I keep this because it makes me laugh. A White House press release. And literally, this is what they said. Expect a winter filled with sickness and disease and the many hospitals that you will fill. And I laughed. I did a web clipping, kept it on my desktop, screenshotted it. 
He said, why'd you do that? So I could maximize it and mock it and make fun of it and laugh at it and minimize it again. And I asked myself a very important question. Who put the White House in charge of my healing covenant? Who put the White House press secretary in charge of my healing covenant? In charge of the blood of Jesus? Who put the White House press secretary in charge of the word of God? Don't tell me, you unregenerated heathen, what I'm supposed to expect from the God that I serve. You don't even have a covenant. I'm standing in my covenant today. Don't tell me not to expect healing. Don't tell me not to expect protection. Don't tell me not to expect what God said is mine. Ha, ha, ha. So we do. I'm laughing at every lie of the devil. So what puts you in that kind of mindset? It's when you get a word of faith preached into your spirit and that thing hits you and fills you up and you get to the place where you can't even fathom anything else except God's best. You'll, it'll be so strong in you that when you even hear something come your way that contradicts God's holy written word, it pricks your spirit. And you say, I can't, oh no, that, that ain't for me. I heard what people are saying. I listen to these confessions. I, I, I don't, I don't, that ain't me. I, I'm not of that company. I'm not of that group. I don't believe like that. I don't talk like that. I don't even let those things come out of my mouth. I got a spirit of faith, which means I talk differently than other people talk. I said I talk differently than other people talk. That's the law number two. It's not just about what you hear. It's about what you say. What's coming out of your mouth? I said, what's coming out of your mouth? I said, what's coming out of your mouth? Very important. What's coming out of your mouth? See, because something happens in between what you hear and what you say. You know what it is? It formulates what you believe. Formulates what you believe. You're not going to say what you don't believe. My speech, what comes out of my mouth, is formulated by what I believe on the inside. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. So whatever, it's not about what goes into my heart a little bit. It's about what fills my heart. I mean, people, they'll spend hours watching the news, hours reading articles, hours binging Netflix, and then spend 10 minutes reading their Bible. Say, but I read the Bible today. Yeah, you gave it 10 minutes out of the six hours you spent doing the other things. And people are like, I don't understand why Pastor Joe prayed for me. I understand my faith is so low. Pick me, I can tell you why. When I was a youth pastor, I used to have young men come to me. And they said, Brother Ted, you know, Pastor Ted, I just need you to help me. You know, man, I'm in high school, man. I'm trying to stay pure. These girls, man, these girls. These girls are fine, Pastor Ted. They're fine. Super fine. <laughs> Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. It's like, really? Yeah, for super fine. I'm trying to stay pure. I want to please the Lord, Pastor But these girls, man, these girls, really. I said, all right. You know what the first question I'd ask these guys? It would not be, well, how many, day, how many minutes a day are you praying? <laughs> are you being faithful to the house of God? It's not the first question I asked. When's the last time you fasted? <laughs> you know what I'd say? Because back then, you know, we didn't, this was before there was like smartphones, iPhones, stuff like that. I youth pastored before that. Thank God. <sighs> but we had iPods. I said, let me see your iPod. Or if you were on the fringe, your Zune player. 
That was Microsoft's version that's dead and gone forever and ever. Amen. I said, let me see your, your MP, basically your MP3 player. Oh, let me take a listen to, let me look through your recently listened to list here. Let me go through the library and let me see what you're pumping into your spirit on the bus, on the way to school, at lunch break, on the way home, while you're sitting in the room, while you're browsing the internet, while you're talking to your friends. Let me listen to the things that you're feeding your spirit while you're trying to live your life. And let me see what really is in the abundance of your heart. Because it's hard to live a pure life before God when 20 hours a day it's pumping in through the earbud. Girl, come over to my house and take off all of your clothes. If that's, if that's what you're trying to listen to 20 hours a day, is I can't understand Pastor Ted. Why? Why am I having such a problem being pure, living for the Lord? I can just pick me. Let me tell you. Let me show you seven of the titles. It's not, I don't even have to listen to the lyric. I'm looking at the title. The title of the song is Girl, Come to My House and Take Off Your Clothes. That is the title of your song. It's not rocket science. As George Bush once said, it's not rocket surgery. You have to understand. <laughs> it's not rocket surgery. You, you have to understand. <laughs> You're filling your spirit with things that are detrimental to your spirit. If you want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, you got to put on the full armor of God. i got to have a helmet of salvation. i got a breastplate of righteousness. I got a belt of truth. I'm telling you, I got the sword of the spirit. I got a shield of faith. I got shoes, the preparation of the gospel of peace. I've got my armor on and I reject anything that keeps me from my purpose and I'm pressing in by a spirit of faith. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh yeah. The victory comes through the spirit of faith. I said the victory comes through the spirit of faith. What I heard changed what I believed. And when it changed what I believed, it changed what I expected to happen. I don't expect calamity to hit my house. I don't expect these things to ravage my family. No, I expect victory on every side. I said I expect victory on every side. I don't go around telling people, so I heard you launched the church and you're still traveling. You're doing a lot. You're very busy. I know, brother. Keep us in prayer. Amen. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's crazy how many people like to quote half verses of Scripture. Half verses. They don't, they don't quote the end, just the beginning. How many know the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous? Hallelujah. Yeah. Read the rest of it. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. Hallelujah. Out of all of them. Somebody say this with me. I'm not called to be defeated. I am called to walk in victory every day of my life. I'm called and anointed to overcome in every battle, in every attack. There's not one enemy that's bigger than who's in me. The greater one, the Holy Ghost, lives in my body. Give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You hear it, and it produces faith. It produces faith and belief. You hear it. 
You got to hear something. That's why it matters where you go to church. That's why I don't listen to every preacher. It matters where you go to church. You better go to a place that will preach the full gospel to you. It always blows my mind because there's people that they don't want to submit to the word of God. They don't want to submit to the strong word that's preached. So they'll run around and go to other churches where nothing's expected of them. But then when they need a miracle, they know where to come back to. Hey, you know, I, I know I haven't been here in eight months, but brother, we're going through something. We just need you and your wife to pray if you would. How come you're not asking that pastor? Why aren't you there and there? See, people say, that's harsh, brother. No, they know where the power is. They just don't want to submit to the word of God. You don't have to shout, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Because I'm preaching about a thing that will cause you to be mature in the kingdom of God. You'll not be a baby. You'll not have to sit in the chair and have the pastor keep putting stuff off your chin with the spoon and back in again. It's not a here comes the airplane every Sunday. You can grow up in the things of God and become strong and mature in the Lord. And then when the devil tries to attack you, you don't need 19 people praying on a Facebook prayer call. You don't have to jump on the Zoom prayer team. You can just put your feet flat foot on the ground and say, devil this far and no further you have no business attacking my body or my family I've got victory over you oh hallelujah I said hallelujah I've got victory over the devil he's got nothing on me he's got nothing on you and these people in Ephesus they had never heard this before we talking about the Holy Ghost yeah the Holy Ghost you receive it don't even know what it is but I'm open to it it's not that they were rejecting him they had never heard of him but once Paul changed even their baptism oh no don't you know Jesus has come he's died he's resurrected oh we'll be baptized in the name of Jesus they got saved now I love that Paul never even asked him if they wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost now we got three podcasts we want you to listen to and when you're done with that we have a booklet if you could go through the booklet we then have a study guide and if you complete the study guide we have a journal and then once you do the journal there's a small group and once the small group's completed there's four weeks of training and after the then we'll take you into a basement room and lay hands on you just in case nothing happens How many steps are you trying to put between people getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost? You go to some of these churches, they went, it's like 19 weeks of content before someone can even have an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's like, good Lord. Now, then we're going to send you on to Australia on a Christian walkabout, and you'll be going through the wilderness. And if you still come out wanting the Holy Ghost, it's like, what, are you trying to talk people out of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Now, if you've read all of that and gone through all the small groups and all the courses and you still want the Holy Ghost, I guess we'll pray for you. No, Paul didn't, made me laugh. Paul didn't even ask him. He said, well, now that you're saved, lift your hand tonight if you'd just like to receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't say that. He just started laying hands on people. He came up out of the water. Bam, bam, bam. Just receive it. Receive the Holy And they all start speaking in tongues and prophesying. Let me ask you a question. How many people in Samaria, Acts chapter 8, how many people in Samaria after they got saved when Peter and John arrived from Jerusalem, how many people in the new believers section did they ask would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Zero. They just started laying hands on everybody. You know why? Because it's God's desire 
that every believer be filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you notice that in the upper room when 120 gathered? This was God, God showing you something. Up, upper room, 120 were in the room. And the wind blew from heaven and fire fell. Did you ever notice it wasn't like 80 of them received it and the other 40, are, you know, they're just tarrying till sometime in the future. I guess it's not my time yet to receive. And then they come up with all this weird theology as to why people haven't received the Holy Ghost. I guess it's just God doesn't think it's my time yet to receive the Holy Spirit, so I'm just going to stay open and just whatever he wants to. No! All 120 were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 8, every person in Samaria that got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Cornelius' house, Acts chapter 10, every member of his household was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues and prophesied. Acts 19, every one of the 12 men, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. I'm going to tell you, God's deposited his power on the inside of you for a reason. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Hallelujah. Somebody say hearing, hearing. Speaking. speaking. Say hearing, hearing. Believing, believing, speaking. speaking. Let me hit that believing for a minute because here's the area where the devil tries to battle you. You hear it and the word hits you with strength and power and then the devil comes. You know what his number one deception's always been? To get you to doubt the word of God. First temptation on record in the scripture comes to Eve. Did God really say? And then you know what he did? Twisted the whole thing God did say. Did God really say you can't eat from any of the trees in the garden? I think what God said. He said don't eat from this one. He said you can have all the rest of them. Just don't eat from this one. Look how the devil messes with that. Did he really say? You can't eat from any of the trees in the garden. No, he didn't say that. And then he said, well, he knows that if you eat the fruit, you'll be just like him. He doesn't want you being like him. No, he wants me to be like him so much, he created me in his image and likeness. So the devil twists everything that God says. What's the key? He wants you to doubt the mighty word of God. I said he wants you to doubt the mighty word of God. See, because here's the key. If the word comes to you and you're not able to grasp it, believe it, and let it be planted and grow, there's no manifestation that comes from it. That's why Jesus was so strong on the parable of the sower that you got to be good ground. When that word comes into your spirit, you got to be good ground. I'm not letting the thorns choke out the word of God in my life. I'm not going to be like the footpath that I'm so shallow that the word can't go in and then the scorching heat burns the seed up and you can't receive, nothing can be said. Or so hard-headed that the word hits my head and just stays there so that birds can come immediately and steal what was sown into it. I'm not letting that happen. I'm going to be good ground that it goes into my spirit, takes root and starts to produce some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Hallelujah. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. You're going to produce great fruit from the word of God that's in your spirit and you'll have victory after victory in Jesus name somebody say amen to that amen. I'm going to tell you there's a there's a strong anointing here to receive tonight and so that's the reason I'm preaching on this there's people that are believing God for miracles we're going to set our faith 
and believe God, miracles are quickly coming to pass in Jesus' name. The devil's not going to rob you of what God said is yours. No. In the name of Jesus, you're going to have what God said is yours. Can you say amen? So what does the devil do? He doesn't even have to get you to doubt God's word. This is what blows people's minds. James chapter 1. Everybody say this with me. Hearing. Hearing. Believing. believing speaking. speaking. Say it again. Hearing. Hearing believing. believing speaking. speaking. Say it again. Hearing. Hearing believing. believing speaking. speaking. You know, it's not enough to simply hear. You know what? This, this might blow your mind. You know, Jesus had 12 disciples that went everywhere with him. Everywhere. That means they heard every message he ever preached. If there was ever a faith preacher, it was Jesus. They heard everything he ever preached. But did it produce faith in all of them? No. No. There were actually a couple that did not have faith produced in their spirit. One of them was Judas. Judas actually allowed the enemy to turn his whole heart around to the point where he ended up being possessed by the devil. The other was Thomas, who could not believe that the resurrection of Jesus had even happened to the point where when they told him, hey, Jesus is alive, he said, I won't believe it unless I can put my fingers in the nail scars in his hands. I won't believe it till I see it. That's not faith. That's doubt. So watch this, though. They all heard every message Jesus ever preached, but it didn't produce great faith in all of them. You know why? In fact, if you study Jesus' 12 disciples, here's something that will blow your mind. See, I'm taking time to teach this tonight because this is the key to receiving from God so that you don't always have to wait for a revival to come through town. You don't have to wait for some evangelist to send you a prayer cloth in the mail. That you can get this in your spirit and you can run with it and become a person of such great faith that you go from victory unto victory. You go from grace unto grace. You go from favor unto favor. Hallelujah. And see, I want you to see something. There were two that they heard it, but they had doubt in their heart. Then there were three of the 12 that had the greatest faith of all, Peter, James, and John. They were the inner circle of Jesus' inner circle to the point where Jesus wouldn't even go to do the most powerful miracles and bring all the disciples because he knew all the disciples didn't have the faith for what he was about to do, like raising the dead. He went to raise that little girl from the dead. He didn't bring all 12 disciples for that. He said, Peter, James, and John, let's go. It's dead raising time. And he left the other nine behind. But apparently Peter, James, and John had something in their spirit that was on another level from the other nine disciples. Peter's the only disciple that we have on record that saw Jesus on the water and threw his leg over the boat and went walking on the water to do the impossible, to see Jesus where he was. These were different kind of men. Hallelujah. I said these were different kind of men. And he knew these have faith to do the impossible. Come on with me. So it's not about just hearing. You've got to believe what you hear as truth. You cannot let that thing mix in your mind with other reports you've gotten and hold the same weight on the word of men that you have on the word of God. 
I don't care if a specialist tells me something. I don't care if a diagnosis comes and says stage four cancer. I don't care what it is because there's no specialist on this earth that's more special than God himself. There's no specialist on this earth that has more insight than the Holy Spirit. Let God be true and every other man a liar. Hallelujah. I've heard it. I believe it. Now I'm going to speak it until I see it. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I heard it. I believed it. Now I'll speak it till I see it. I heard it. I believed it. Now I'll speak it till I see it. I heard it. I believe it. Now I'll speak it till I see it. So there's a believing. James chapter 1, get this in your heart. I'm getting ready to pray for you. Pastor Sarah, if you can come back. The Bible says this. Let me start with verse 5, James 1, 5. If any of you who lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now look at this. But let him ask how? How? With what? With no doubting. Say it again. But when you ask God for something, let him ask in faith with no doubting. Why? For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Why? He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is what it looks like. If you could see, I'll move Pastor Joe's stuff over to here. But this is what a double-minded person looks like. I go to sit down, but then I think, oh, I, oh, I don't know. Is that, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, maybe I will. Oh, no, I don't know. That, oh, maybe. I, oh, maybe. I believe it can hold my weight. No, I do. I believe, oh, I don't know, though. I've, I've had a few extra Taco Bell runs this week. I <laughs> No, and I do. I believe it. No, like, oh, I, oh, God. Oh, oh, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the chair's going to hold me. Jesus, the chair's going to hold me. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, can you pray for me? Just keep me in prayer right now. I'm about to sit on this chair. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but I don't know, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And people go into speed tongues. Oh, hallelujah. Either sit or don't sit. <laughs> believe it or don't believe it. Do it or don't do it. There's another phrase they use in the world. I won't say it, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> do it or don't do it. Sit or don't sit. There's either, you either move forward or you move back. There's no maintenance mode in the kingdom of God. It's either forward or back. It's either forward or back. And I refuse to move backward. If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Hallelujah. If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Back to verse 7. That person must not suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. So there is a faith that comes upon your life that's so strong, glory to God, that nothing 
becomes impossible to you. All things are possible to him that believes. I love that. Say it again. All things. All things are possible to him who believes. I'm just going to encourage you tonight. There's not one thing that you're facing that's hard for God. Not one. I don't care how big it looks in the world's eyes. There's not one thing that you're facing that's hard for God. Everything's easy for the God you serve. I said everything's easy for the God you serve. Can you say amen? And I had a faith in my spirit rise up this afternoon. God said, there's miracles I'm going to perform that's going to blow people's minds. And they're the ones that have faith. Do you know it's all right if you've got faith in God, if you're believing him to the nth degree, it's all right when if he blesses you, when he blesses you, it still blows your mind. It's all right. Doesn't mean you didn't have faith. It just means he knows how to do exceeding abundantly and above. All that you could ask or think. <laughs> he can do exceeding abundantly and above. All that you can ask or think. That's the kind of God you serve. I said, that's the kind of God you serve. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.